Well, did you get all that? <laughs> it seems like we have quite a lot coming up. You guys know that in the summer, it's always uh, really, really busy for us. And, uh, you know, we're happy about that. We're glad that we have things that we can do. We're glad that we can finally be getting back to some of those uh, camps and things that we just weren't able to do last year. And um, so, you know, uh, the district leadership, the, those who are in charge of the camps and the extravaganza and things are doing their best to make sure that, that we do stay safe. But we also know that it's important for the kids to be able to begin to get back together and do those things. So uh, I don't know if anybody else noticed uh, Giselle was wearing a kid's shirt. Did you notice that? And giving teen announcements. So uh, we're going to have to find out where her loyalties lie. I'm not sure about that, Michael. You can talk to her. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, Giselle, actually, very great story. Is uh, Feels like maybe she's called to ministry. And uh, she's working with, uh, yeah, awesome. She's been working with Jessica in the children's ministry. So she was, uh, that's why she's wearing that shirt, sporting that. And it's amazing. And don't forget, they said something. I'm not sure if you uh, caught, if you're a parent of a, of a kid, a child, uh, not teenagers. We're talking about through fifth grade then uh, Jessica's going to be here to talk about the things happening this summer, the kids camp and that. So informational meeting, don't forget after. Well, it's good to be with all of you today. You know, I, uh, I think the weekend after Easter, let me, let me rephrase that, the week after Easter, <laughs> leading up to the weekend after Easter, is always a strange place for a, a pastor, for us as a staff, because uh, Easter, we always, we do so much preparation, and we want to, and we had two services last week, which uh, we've been talking to the staff, and uh, if we continue to have growth, then we'll probably do that at some point, but we'll see how God does for us. Hey, um, but the week after Easter, sometimes is a letdown, and uh, for us this week, I don't feel like there was a letdown, but I will say that we did have some... Um, I don't, want to, I don't want to say too much here, but I believe that there is such a thing as spiritual warfare and that this last week that uh, we had quite a few opportunities to pray for God to uh, take care of everything that was happening for us, to fight for us in the spiritual realm and um, even this morning. So I want to say a big thank you to everybody involved on the, in the worship team and the production team because this morning was uh, quite nearly a technological disaster. Uh, not a marble, the opposite of marble, because it just seemed like we came in and who knows why things happen. Worked perfectly last week, worked perfectly through the week, and then Sunday morning something happens. I literally prayed this morning for God to do a miracle with IP addresses. And would you believe that he did? <laughs> because after the prayer, everything kind of began to shake out. So I, I just special thanks to the uh, worship team for being patient and working through that. I know it was a uh, frustration for them. For Alan, um, who is our lead, he's the producer. He does all the production of everything, and I think he does an awesome job. I appreciate that he took care of all, the, all of that this morning. In fact, uh, he's like an expert in all the, the soundboard and all that stuff, and he just was able to... Uh, help and step in and fix things. So appreciate that, and uh, more than than they know, because it was like it fit right into what I'm talking about today. Somebody was trying to cancel Jesus, <laughs> and uh, that's what I want to talk about. Seems like a hot topic today. Have you noticed? Uh, 2020, just a strange year, and we're probably all tired of hearing about 2020. I mean, 2020 was was just a, the kind of year that we could never duplicate and we hope is never duplicated. I mean, what kind of year is it that they announce UFOs 
and nobody really even notices, right? They said, hey, there's aliens, and everybody was like, oh, did they, do they have COVID? Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't know, they wouldn't get tested because um, they're just that kind. But, and some of you here today are like, wait, there's UFOs? In fact, they did announce that there are UFOs. If you, it was a big news story. They kind of put it at the end of the, the news because everything else was so much bigger than UFOs. We didn't pay much attention to it. Uh, and some of you are like, really, there were UFOs? And you see, that's the kind of year it was. You didn't even know. You didn't even know that our government acknowledged that there are UFOs. You're going to go home. Don't do it now. <laughs> and you're going to look at all the things about the declassified UFO documents. Uh, it's also a good year to see where our friends are. I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, I've got friends who are... Um, all over the place. I've got friends who uh, are mask wearers and they buy themselves in their car wear their mask. You know, they just, uh, they're going to wear a mask. But then I've got other friends who are like, what, wait, there was, there was a COVID? I didn't realize that. And, and they never wear masks. Uh, it's like somebody said to them, hey, would you go and see if you can catch this thing? And uh, they're out trying to get it. So uh, all over the place. Uh, then I have some friends who told me that uh, they already had it. You guys probably had these friends too. They were like, yeah, back in uh, 2018, there was, man, I had these symptoms. I had a little fever. I'm pretty sure I've already had it. I had a friend, no joke, tell me yesterday. Um, I had it in 2011. I'm real sure I had it already. I had a fever. I had the symptoms of COVID. I'm pretty sure I've already had it. I should be safe. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way, but, uh, you know, you do you. And then um, another thing, coughing in public, like that is gone. Like you can't cough in public anymore. It's over. In fact, if you're at a restaurant and you take a drink and it goes down the wrong way, then, uh, and you cough, you might as well just leave because cause the whole restaurant, they stop and they look at you expecting you to like, um, Maybe you should leave. You have, you have a cough, you, and that really does my dad in. I don't know if you have parents like this, but I feel like my dad's favorite thing is to cough. Um, when, when I'm with my dad, he's just, he, he likes to cough. Uh, I never understood as a kid. He just coughed, and now that we're older and COVID is around, I just can't go with him anywhere because if I go with him, then everybody assumes I've got COVID because he's coughing, and uh, it's just not a good, it's not a good combination. 2020, uh, interesting year. Lots of jokes, right? Uh, has other, there, there's lots of other things that happened in 2020. It brought some other challenges as well. One of the things that um, we've heard a lot about is this cancel culture, this thing called canceling cancel culture. And, and that's really what I want to talk about today uh, is, is this cancel culture. There was a, a professor, Tom's high school teacher, and he announced in class one day that Easter is a story. It's really nothing but a myth. This teacher told the whole class while Tom was there. He said, Jesus not only did not rise from the grave, but there is no God in heaven, and there is no God who would allow his son to come to this earth and die in the first place. So Tom stood up and he said, uh, sir, I just want you to know that I do believe in Jesus. And the teacher said, well, Tom, you can believe how you want to, but the real world excludes the possibility of miracles like the resurrection. He, he said the resurrection is a scientific impossibility. No one who believes in miracles can also respect science. Then the teacher said, okay, Tom, I, I, I want to propose an experiment, a, a challenge, if you will. And he reached behind him, and out of the refrigerator, he grabbed an egg, and he said, I have this egg here. 
and I'm going to drop this egg to the floor, Tom, and gravity is going to pull this egg to the ground, and when it hits the ground, it's going to shatter. And uh, when it does, then there's nothing that we can do to put it back together. Now, I want you to pray that your God will stop this egg from shattering into 100 pieces. And so, uh, if the egg doesn't shatter, then I will believe that there is a God. You will have proven your point. Tom stood up, and he thought about this for a minute, so he began his prayer, and he said, Dear God, I, I pray that when my teacher drops the egg, that it shatters into 100 pieces. I also pray that he will have a heart attack and die. <laughs> the whole class gasped like you did, like, oh, my, I can't believe that, that he just did that. And they all waited with eager anticipation. Now what's the professor going to do? So the professor takes the egg and he turns around, he puts it back into the refrigerator and he says, class dismissed. <laughs> Apparently, the teacher believed in God's existence more than he thought he did. But you know, many people like this teacher deny that God exists. And there was a thing, an announcement about home groups. In our home group, we're going through some apologetics and looking at ways that we can explain to people that there is a God. It's very interesting. But uh, there's so many people that deny God exists. But at the same time, they run from him, right? Isn't that interesting? Or they question him or they attack him at every step. They attack this God that they don't even believe exists. And this teacher, in the same way, wasn't willing to bet their life that God did not exist. You know, the idea of canceling each other has actually gone on for quite a long time. People want to cancel God. Students want to cancel their teachers. Uh, if we don't like something that ketchup stands for, oh, it's canceled. Can't eat ketchup anymore. Uh, did that offend you? Oh, you're canceled. Like, I can't, I can't handle that. But, you know, I was, I was kind of caught up in this whole cancel culture thing for a little while until I was reading the story of Lazarus in our monthly brunch and Bibles, our Bible study we do. And reading the story of Lazarus, I, I began to think, you know what? Jesus, you guys remember the story, right? Just a background, he, Jesus, spoiler alert, he raises Lazarus from the dead, okay? And um, you should read about it in John, it's an awesome story. So he raises Lazarus from the dead. Well, after this, people really began, to, like the, it just began to spread that they really began to believe in Jesus. And it says after that, if you read in John eleven thirty eight, and then again in John 12, that they canceled, they wanted to kill Lazarus. And it was in that moment I realized, you know what? Canceling has been going on for a long time. They wanted to cancel Lazarus by killing him. Any proof or evidence that Jesus was who he said he was. But the ultimate came when they tried and they failed to cancel Jesus. Since we just came through Easter, I thought it would be very appropriate for us to ha have a, a chance to talk about what happened after Easter. What was kind of the things that were going on after Easter? Even the disciples believed that Jesus was dead, that he was canceled. And today we're going to talk about Thomas. Perhaps the greatest illustrator of this is, is Thomas himself. And I, I'm going to take a sidebar here just to tell you something about the life of Jesus. I have discovered, and many of you have, I've talked with you about it, a, a, a TV show, a Christian TV show called... Um, <laughs> 
just the chosen just like i was going to say the risen the chosen if you haven't watched the show the chosen it's free it's on i think it's on youtube i do know that they have a chosen app it's on VidAngel that our family is a part of but if you will uh watch that it's super interesting it's going to be the it's the first multi-season tv show about jesus life they're in season two now just started season two and uh, it's it's really awesome and uh it gives you some ideas about Jesus, his interaction with of course there's a lot of um it's a lot of scripture is in it for sure but then there's also some uh things that aren't written in scripture like jesus with a sense of humor kind of stuff it's it's cool you should check it out I don't promote TV shows here, but I want you to know it's a good one. It's, it's worthwhile. So they tried to cancel Jesus. The disciples believed it, and Thomas is maybe the greatest illustration. So we're going to read today out of John chapter 20, and if you want to follow along today's notes, the message notes are in the app, uh, the church app. In fact, uh, the church app and the website are a great place to get information, to, to look up uh, things. The podcast is there. The videos are there. Messages and the notes, it, it's all there. So uh, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. All right, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. <laughs> it's so awesome. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. There we go. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Man, what a powerful scripture that we have here. But let, let me uh, introduce this a little bit, give you some background. This was right after, I mean, it, we, we think it was immediately after Mary had reported Jesus' resurrection to the disciples. And, and that this was the same day that they were hiding behind the locked doors. So you remember, uh, he, he died on Friday, on Sunday he was raised, Mary was... Uh, and Martha going to the the tomb to check it out and then um, they didn't see Jesus but they saw who they thought was the gardener and they thought oh that's Jesus and and then they ran back to tell the disciples hey you'll never believe this well the disciples didn't believe them they were very afraid of what the Jews might do to them so they were hiding behind locked doors so then Jesus appeared this is cool this is about Jesus just uh, we talked last week a little bit about him having a new type of body you remember that uh, 
he obviously was risen again. People saw him. They interacted with him. But at the same time, he could apparently walk through doors or at the very least appear and reappear at certain places. So all of a sudden, Jesus is there. The doors are locked and he's standing there and he says, peace be with you. Now, I don't know about you, but around our house, we like to play a, a game of... Um, uh, scaredy cat I don't know what else to call it and uh, from time to time we will hide behind a door or a wall or whatever you never know when it's coming and somebody's going to get scared uh, and thank you my lovely assistant we'll, we'll hide behind a locked door I mean a locked door a, a wall or something and, uh, and the kids know now because somebody will be cut, like they'll come through the front door and I'll hide behind the wall and I'll say, I'll say uh, scare cam scare cam so they get their phones out <laughs> anyway that's our game so <laughs> I feel like that's what Jesus was playing here because he was doors are locked he didn't knock on the door and say hey it's Jesus let me in like the doors are locked they're scared they're like the Jews are coming after us they're going to kill us all and then Jesus is there and he says peace <laughs> in my mind <laughs> and they're like whoa peace be with you so uh, and then another thing Jesus did uh, in this moment in this passage here he bestows the holy spirit upon them have you ever stopped i questioned this have you ever stopped to think why did he bestow the spirit on them then if they still needed pentecost interesting right because they went through the time of pentecost the time of waiting and praying in the upper room and on the day of pentecost which we'll celebrate it's awesome 50 days after easter the day of pentecost everything like just came loose holy spirit unleashed on everybody awesome time but before that these guys it was bestowed on them so why did they have to receive the spirit again I, I don't know I did some digging if you were questioning like I was a lot of reading I came to the conclusion that this was and Jesus does he commissions them this was his commissioning them to do the work and we presume that this was just the 10 disciples Judas is obviously gone and Thomas apparently isn't with them so just the 10 disciples and Jesus is there peace <laughs> be with you and um, gave them a little fright and then uh, gave them the, the mission they commissioned them and then uh, get, told them receive the spirit imparted the spirit to them in that moment and um, it was more of an, uh, an individual uh, appointing of the, of the spirit to them at that time so it, pretty interesting and while we're on this let me say that God does not want us to lock ourselves behind a door in the church like to find a group of people to lock ourselves up to hide away that's not what God wants from us or uh, he does not want that for us he wants us out we have received his spirit as followers of Christ um, we have been empowered by him we have to reach beyond our own borders to different people and different places uh, one of my prayers is that God make me um, receptive to a divine appointment I don't know what else to call it a divine appointment so um, I have family who I pray for that do not know Jesus and my prayer for them is that God would cause somebody to cross their path that knows Jesus because they don't listen to me so maybe that somebody will cross their path now it has to be more than crossing their path that person that believes in Jesus needs to also pray like I do God make me attentive to the directings and promptings of your spirit so that when i cross the path of that person i'm 
aware of what's going on. And so, uh, the, the side note there, but the point is, he does not want us locked away. He wants us out. He wants us talking about Jesus. He wants us sharing him with people that we come into touch with, and, and it's just, um, it's awesome. But, so today, I just want to focus on Jesus. And just so you know, I mean Jesus, on Thomas. Uh, and so you don't get scared. We're really getting you know, at least halfway through. So we're gonna, there's a lot of setup today, but it's a cool story. Don't you think like, this is an amazing thing. Jesus is revealing himself to the disciples and then his interaction with Thomas is awesome. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you the steps of Thomas's faith. And I wanna ask us today to reflect on where are we in our walk, in our faith, okay? The first uh, thing is, is uh, we get it out of verse 24, Thomas's absence. He, he wasn't there. The darkness of unfaith. When we don't have faith, we're, we're in darkness. And poor Thomas, it seems like he missed out on everything that was happening. I mean, if you read through it, he missed out on Mary Magdalene's message to the disciples. Like he missed that announcement. Can you imagine like 10 of your very best friends, they heard it, but you missed it. And then they're saying, hey, you'll never believe. Uh, we saw Jesus and he just doesn't believe it. Jesus appeared to them. And, and he missed that. Jesus commissioned them and breathed, imparted the spirit on them. He missed that. Like, poor guy, he's just out in the dark. He just doesn't know. He's just not receiving any of it. And, and where was he during these times? It doesn't really tell us. I, I'm curious. I'm gonna take a stab at it here. Um, maybe he thought now these meetings were futile. Futile, however you wanna say that. Like, it, it just didn't matter anymore. Now that Jesus is dead, why do we need to continue to meet? Like this guy we were following, we thought he was our Messiah. He was supposed to take us to the promised land and the kingdom of God, and we heard all of this, and he was gonna be a conquering Messiah. Why do we need to meet? Maybe he was scared. I think before they saw Jesus, a lot of them were scared because word was out, man, and they, they killed Jesus, obviously. They wanted to kill Lazarus, and Lazarus, what was Lazarus' sin? Lazarus' sin was only that Jesus had raised him from the dead. <laughs> and what's that conversation like? Did you hear? No, I didn't hear. Oh, Lazarus is alive again. What? Oh, we need to kill that guy. Like, who, how does that conversation even happen? But that was, that was, the, that was what was happening. Those were the conversations going on with the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the Jewish leaders. And they're hearing these things. Of course they were gonna be scared. And maybe he was just gone. We don't know. So where are we as a people? As individuals, as a church, are we living in an unfaith? Are we noticeably absent in our relationship with Jesus? Is Jesus pursuing us, but we're not reciprocating? I don't know. It's a question to ask ourselves. Second one is this. Uh, so Thomas' next progression of faith in verse 25, Thomas says, I will believe if. It was a conditional faith. Now, if you're like me, don't pretend you're not because, and I might be the only one, but how many times have we said, God, if only you will, then I will. God, if you will do, then I promise to do. I will believe in you if I drop this egg and it doesn't break right it's a conditional faith we're putting conditions on God and uh, one thing that I've learned from studying the Bible and the more I read the Bible is we cannot put conditions on God 
we just cannot put conditions on God. We don't know how he's going to act. We don't know how he's going to do things um, other than what he tells us. But he says, he admits, he says, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. God says that. So what are we doing? How can we pretend that we know what's best or that if God, you do this, then I'll do this? So, and that's what Thomas does. He moves from a complete unbelief, a complete lack of faith. At least he takes a small step to a conditional faith. He said, I will believe if. It's a conditional response uh, unless you do this. He doesn't refuse the resurrection He's resisting that the body of Jesus is who it appears to be. What he's saying is, I'm not going to believe unless you fulfill your body specifically, you fulfill my requirements. Now, we can really get mad at Thomas and be like, well, you're dumb. You're just, you're dumb. Because Jesus, Jesus, you know. But we've had 2,000 years to digest it. Jesus had just died. He had just seen D Jesus killed on the cross. Everybody wanted to believe, but it, Jesus had to appear to more than 500 eyewitnesses before we could have this swell like that has led to us 2,000 years later. So don't get too mad at Thomas. It, he wants to believe. And then also this Jesus had just walked through the wall. Like, Jesus, are you real? What kind of body do you have? I don't understand what's going on here. So he progressed from a complete lack of faith, but the imposition of his own criteria for belief in the, in the resurrection uh, indicates his conditioned commitment. Conditional. And again, my question for us is, where are we? Maybe we're not in unbelief. Maybe we're in conditional belief God if I get that job that I've been praying for then I'll believe in you I'll follow you come every student prays this prayer if, if I make an A on this if I can pass this test God then I promise I will go to Africa for you I just need to pass then I'm on my way we do it in our lives conditional God I need your help do this for me and I will if you will then I will then verse 26 to 28 we have the full surrender his encounter with Jesus leads him to a full surrender Jesus offers to fulfill Thomas conditions isn't that just like Jesus he offers to, to fulfill it for him but also commands Thomas to reach beyond his conditional faith. You gotta reach beyond this. The risen Jesus is the crucified Jesus. And if Thomas wants proof, Jesus said, here, stick your hands, your fingers and your hands in the wounds. I got, look, right here is a hole. Stick your hand in there. Jesus offers it to him. But there's more at stake than only Thomas believing. And, and Jesus, this is one thing that comes out in that show I was telling you about, that TV show, um, The Chosen. Jesus is constantly trying to get people to move beyond their own ideas of who Jesus is into this idea, this knowledge of who he really is. He says, and I love this, um, 
in the King James Version is how I'm going to say it. Do not be faithless, but believing. And different versions say different things, but the way it says it here, do not be faithless. In the NIV, I think it said, don't have, uh, don't have a lack of faith, but believe. But here it says, but believing, period. The word, so it's, in the NIV, it kind of gives it a, a, a stop, but believe, end. In the Greek, it gives it a don't stop believing. Reminds me of the song. Some of you are singing in your head right now. Don't stop. Don't stop believing because that's what Jesus needs from us. A full surrender is not a I believe and boom. A full surrender is I believe and I believe and I believe and I believe and it doesn't stop. And that's why it's translated that way in the King James. Don't be, uh, what does it say? Do not be faithless, but believing. Continually believing, believing, which also fits into some of what Paul said about dying, to, uh, dying daily. Every day we wake up, we renew ourselves with God. And if you're not, then you're missing it. Because my belief about relationship, all relationships, by the way, with your children, with your family, brother, sisters, spouse, especially, and Jesus, is either you're growing or you're falling apart. You gotta be growing together. And the only way to do that is to every day wake up and attempt to grow closer to God that day. Connect with Him every morning. It's something now that... It, for my kids every day we're talking about how are you connecting with God today how are you connecting with God today tell me what you did tell me what your prayer was tell me how you're doing that every day and, and you know there's no evidence whether Thomas touched Jesus in my mind he always did but we actually believe at least a lot of scholars believe that he didn't the way it's written it seems that this requested ritual was forgotten and Thomas just accepts by faith and he, re he responds my Lord and my God very important Lord is a leader God is your God so he gives him a double uh, a, a double title not only are you my Lord my leader the one ahead of me but you are also my God my Lord and my God we must believe by faith on the authority of scripture Jesus tells Thomas you have believed because you have seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe and I really believe the gospel of John was written for people like us people that didn't see Jesus and if you know John was the last of the gospels written and it was written really really late somewhere between 70 and 90 AD which would have been somewhere between 30 and 50 years after Jesus so he's speaking to a generation of people who grew up only hearing the stories and it's, it's interesting I get chills thinking about it because I used to struggle with this idea of having faith in a God that I couldn't see and then I read John and, and he, I, I see that Jesus pronounces a blessing. It's a, a be, the Beatitudes in Matthew, which by the way, we're gonna spend, I don't wanna get off track. Matthew, we're gonna, we're gonna go through the, uh, 
the Sermon on the Mount over the summer. It's gonna be awesome. You'll, be, you'll wanna be a part of that. The Beatitudes are in there. And Jesus pronounces a Beatitude on those who would believe without seeing. Blessed are you. Blessed. If you believe and you don't see Jesus, then you are blessed. You have an extra blessing. We, however many countless generations post-Jesus, are blessed because we believe and we haven't seen. It's awesome, right? It's an extra blessing over even his disciples because they believed, but they saw. They experienced, they witnessed it, which I would love to have had that. But we're blessed. It's awesome. So we're gonna end like this today. And I just wanna ask you this question. Where are you in your, in your faith journey? Are you in the dark? Are you at a place of conditional faith or have you fully surrendered? I just want you to know, and it says it here, they couldn't cancel Jesus. They tried. And you know what? Cancel culture today is nothing new. It's been going on for millennia. Anything people don't like, they try to cancel. They couldn't cancel Jesus. Don't let them cancel Jesus in your life. Find your way to a full surrender to who Jesus is. Are you allowing society to ruin your view of Jesus, your relationship with Jesus? I don't know. What I hope for us is that we can go beyond the locked doors of our faith room, of our church, of our home, of our home group, of our Sunday school class. We've got to go beyond the locked doors. We've got to come into a full faith in Christ, and we've got to put our trust in Him fully. So this morning, I, I don't know where you're at and what stage of faith you're in. Listen, one of, the, one of Jesus' very disciples had a struggle. So it's not like we're alone. I've struggled, you've struggled. It's not a big deal. Like, we just need to end up on the right side of this thing. So we're gonna close with a song. I'm not the kind, I don't wanna pull and jerk at your heartstrings, but I do want you, before you leave today, to make that commitment and fully step into faith in Christ. Out of the dark, out of conditional, into full surrender. So if you guys would stand with me, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing this song. At our church, it's a tradition. If you'd like to pray, we have these, um, we call them altars. They're just, it's really interesting. Old mourner's bench is what it is. But if you wanna just come and kneel during this time, you can do that. Kneel where you're at. But today, don't leave without fully surrendering. God, today, we're just asking you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts. I give you glory, God, today, and that was our prayer this morning. Would your glory be revealed in this place? And I believe that it has because so many people don't know how you worked behind the scenes today, how you have cleared this atmosphere so there's room for your spirit to work and I do believe that at this moment you are speaking to people's hearts and souls right now so now as we come to the conclusion of our time together it doesn't end our relationship with you or it doesn't mean that oh we're going to leave now and we're going to have a full faith but 
help us, Father, to connect with you on that personal level, to fully surrender, and to give you our everything. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did so long ago. Thank you for the battles won. And we believe that when you actually met Thomas was about eight days later. So sometime around today, tomorrow, is when you would have had this interaction with Thomas. How appropriate it is for us today. So we love you, Jesus. We ask that you speak to our hearts right now. Move in our lives, I pray. In your name we ask. Amen.